Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, an economic development podcast featuring candid conversations with business leaders across Michigan. You'll hear firsthand accounts from Michigan business leaders and innovators about how the state is driving job growth and business investment, supporting a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem, building vibrant communities, and helping to attract and retain one of the most diverse and significant workforces in the nation. Hello, I'm your host, Ed Clementi, and we're fortunate today to have Lindsay Rem. She is with Barton Mallow, Vice President of Business Transformation, and we're dying to know what that means, but welcome to the show, Lindsay. Thank you. I'm dying to know what it means, too. Are we going to learn that today? <laughs> it's like that whenever you get a job description and all other tasks assigned, yeah. you know, it's like, what does it really mean? What's really yeah. in there? Yeah. Um, but let's let's start out first. If you run into somebody who's never heard of Martin Mello, what do you tell them the organization does first before we kind of break down what you do? Yeah, uh, I usually tell them that uh, I work for a company that builds amazing things, just really complex uh, buildings and, you know, sometimes not buildings. So hospitals and schools and uh, stadiums and energy plants and solar fields and wind farms and all of that, and that we manage uh, the construction of that work, but then we also do some of that work. So we we install our own concrete and uh, erect structural steel and things like that. And also, uh, you, but you're not an architectural firm at all, or no, are you? Right, we are but, not. And you do no design either, right? Is that we do design management? I would say so. You know, there's different contractual types where sometimes we will manage the design um, that you know, the architects, the engineers, and then obviously take that into construction. Um, that's on a certain subset of our work. Yeah. Just so you know what the field you're in, most people have no idea, kind of. I like, know. All that I stuff didn't that know goes on. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a very, you know, I think that, I don't know if that's the way construction's always been historically, but it definitely is more segmented, it seems like, as to what you do. And I don't know if that's how, because I, I had lunch with someone the other day from Gafarian Associates, and they said they work with you all the time. Yes. And so I'm like, oh, so they don't do architecture. That's how I kind of figured out that one. But so, so you do all these unique programs. So it seems like if you're the vice president of business transformation, that could be anything. And does that mean you're like a futurist for the company or are you looking for new opportunities or what? Absolutely. Yeah. And and mostly I'm focused on new technologies and new business models. We talk about, you know, wanting to maintain our relevance for another hundred years because we're a 98 year old company based here in Michigan. And uh, so we know that we need to be exploring new technologies, and that could be robotics, that can be actual software, that can be all sorts of things, and then also new ways of just fundamentally new ways of delivering work. And so that's what uh, myself and my team, we explore those opportunities. It can without. I know you can't always mention who your clients are, but uh, maybe you can. But uh, can you give some anecdotes of some like what you've done? Like you mentioned a whole bunch right there in the beginning, but you've done uh, wind turbine fields. You said, or yeah, you, absolutely. Up, yeah. up up north, yeah, uh, in the Thumb area, we put in a lot of uh, different wind turbines and farms up there. Uh, we've done a major stadium in the uh, city of Detroit <laughs> that was yeah. recently completed, uh, you know, working for, you know, the automotive companies. We're, we're a Detroit-based company. We have a long history of working um, for the automotive companies that are based here in Michigan. 
Uh, and then I, you, you name the school district and we've worked in it. You name the, um, you know, the higher ed uh, university system and we've, we've worked in it. So yeah, all throughout the state. Well, when my Michigan State buddies told me I was going to be interviewing, they go, oh, they just did the stadium, you know, like, and uh, that was a big deal for Michigan State people. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so what, um, and you guys really are not just based in Michigan, right? You do, even though you're headquartered here and a lot of your projects are here, but you also have a big footprint too, don't you? Yeah. We work in a total of 10 states, all pretty much east of the Mississippi uh, so, you know, states like um, we're in Tennessee and Florida and, ba- you know, Baltimore is not a state, Maryland, <laughs> <laughs> Pennsylvania, you know, and whatnot. Yeah. So we have a, a pretty Baltimore, diverse. They think they're a state. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah. So you also, can you break down for me some of the technologies you were just talking about? Just so like, is it like, 3D, like, uh, you know, how um, Industry 4.0 is digitizing or things like, is that the kind of things you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So construction, like every industry has been going through a digital transformation, such an over, you know, overused term, but, you know, we use it anyway, right? Um, Trying to digitize the work that we do, rethink our processes so that we can best apply technology and kind of supercharge our work. Uh, so BIM is a huge one. So building information modeling for folks that don't know what that is. Uh, so we use building information modeling or 3D models to plan our work uh, so that we can build the building virtually before we go out into the field to build it. So we can we can show um, the schedule so we can tie a schedule to that model and show how it's going to be built. Uh, so customers can see that all of our trade partners, everybody can kind of see how it's going to be built. We can tie costs to that model. We can do a number of things um, with the model to really uh, eliminate a lot of the risk and the uncertainty from the project. That's probably, that's a huge area of focus. And then other areas of focus really in reality capture. So a lot of technology you know, using drones to fly over, you know, some of our sites and we can, uh, we can capture, you know, how we're moving um, Earth. So, you know, for our civil work, you know, our, um, we, we can just capture progress in general of things that are going on. We use 360 photos uh, to capture our projects. Our customers from far away can do walkthroughs of buildings, you know, and, and it's almost like they're in the building without having to uh, physically be there. That was particularly helpful, obviously, during covid uh, we use laser scanning to, you know, scan existing conditions so that we make sure that new construction is going to marry up with what's there already. So a lot of um, work in that kind of reality capture space, and that's exploding into things like being able to, um, you know, to to capture productivity, find issues in the field without a person's eyes having to be on them. The computer will be able to identify those issues for us, uh, kind of automatically. That's where we're moving towards. So is that being done through sort of like, I don't want to say algorithms, but is it, oh, it is algorithms? I mean, certainly software is basically algorithms and yeah, AI and and machine learning. So as uh, for instance, one tool that we just recently piloted on a job, uh, 
you're able to take 360 photos, do a, do a walkthrough, and it compares it to, um, to your estimate, to your, you know, where you're supposed to be. And it, it knows that you have X percentage of metal studs installed and so much of your drywall installed and, and so much of the finishing work installed. It can tell you that because it's learned to recognize through photos that that work is in place. It's pretty, pretty fascinating. So, so it's not even a human looking at the photos. It's Correct. Some, well, deep learning is looking at it. Yeah. And then saying, okay, for us to stay on schedule, we've got to work on this. So it starts even making recommendations. Like That's where it's getting to. Yeah. To the predictive side. Yeah. The, oh, the wow. um, predictive prescriptive side, I should say, where it's prescribing actions. Yeah. It's, it's pretty exciting. And. I I don't know what it was like before, but um, like how how has it leapfrogged for you guys? I mean, I don't know if you can describe it, but maybe that is hard. But like like how much more difficult was it before to do these things? And now it just seems like it's easier to do them. Like did you have to do everything with one person walking around every day <laughs> to make sure this beam was in the right spot. And... Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, so okay. Yes. I mean, it's, it's pure manpower, right? It's like anything where you can introduce technology to kind of limit the amount of that wasteful work of just walking around to, to say, okay, yep, this thing is in place. Yep. This thing is in place. And uh, instead they can spend their time on much more value add activities like planning the next um, area of work or, you know, um, figuring out how to resolve uh, an issue that's come up uh, and not just walking around capturing data. You're listening to The Michigan Opportunity, featuring candid conversations with Michigan business leaders on what makes Michigan a leading state to live, work, and play. Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast. I know you already told me what you got your degree in from one of the best <laughs> universities in the Midwest, uh, University of Chicago, which is one of the great, beautiful I know I told you it looks like Hogwarts when I've been there before and you played soccer there. So yeah. what kind of got you on this path? Or This wasn't a path I'm sure you anticipated, right? No, not not even remotely. I uh, I graduated with the, with the degree of Law, Letters and Society from University of Chicago and had no idea what to do with it. And I, I worked at a think tank for free in D.C. for, you know, six months. That was not sustainable. Um, and then uh, came back to Michigan, was going to go to Wayne State to get my master's in history. And you know, as kind of a, a side job or as a, you know, a job that didn't take a lot, I, uh, I started working at Bart Mallow essentially as a secretary, you know, um, doing mailings and things on a job site at Lawrence Tech University. They were building their architectural and engineering building. And I just fell in love. I fell in love with construction and worked with an amazing team that said, well, if you want to learn, we'll teach you. So I, I learned on the job and worked in the field for about 10 years, uh, you know, building buildings to get to um, do the renovation of the Cathedral of Most Blessed Sacrament downtown, which was a highlight, you know, especially with my history, my love of history. And then um, ended up coming into the office to implement a, a major software system and never got back quite out into the field, just kept implementing technology and uh, kind of where, you know, where I am today. Well, you know, you know, when you get love at first sight like that, you know, it's it's even better when it's something you never even knew is going to be potential in your horizon. Yes. Almost. It's even more captivating in a weird way. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, the other thing, too, the reason why I know it's not what you majored in originally, but 
why I think that's important is because part of the purpose of the podcast is for other people to listen to this or for parents to listen to this in case their kids seem either unorthodox or maybe not what they want them to do or whatever, because I mean, this is actually tying into one of your other questions, so you can answer it now. But, uh, you know, what would you give your 17-year-old self-advice? Because I think that's really critical to show that the paths are more zigzag than straight, usually. Absolutely. I say that to all sorts of uh, folks that come in new, you know, could come in maybe right out of college or some other path that they came in that, yeah, don't look for that straight line. Uh, you'll miss all the good stuff if you look for the straight line. But what would I say to myself? I, I definitely would say be curious and never stop learning and just looking for those opportunities. I I uh, I think my last, you know, four, like four out of my last five jobs didn't exist before I had them at Bart Mallow. So just by looking for opportunities, being open to new things, uh, you can just create a wonderful path. Uh, and I would say, definitely, I would love to have said to myself, learn about all the jobs available in this enormous field. In the AEC, what we call it the AEC, the Architectural Engineering Construction Space, it's a $10 trillion a year global industry. And there are, I mean, the, the number of jobs in this industry are, it's just immense. And they're, they're varied, you know, from um, heavy technology roles all the way to, you know, holding the hammer in the field. It's, you know, so um, I would really have liked to have had my eyes open to just what the opportunities were. Yeah. And, and I would imagine just from talking to my friend that mentioned at Kafari that they're busier than ever. And obviously there's tight labor markets, but I also think because of all the exactly what you're doing, the rapid sort of deployment of new technologies is actually people changing their minds, like maybe even the projects they were going to do to maybe to do it differently. Right. Yeah. So yeah. is that, is that a challenge sometimes when someone thinks they want to do something, then you guys, well, we could do it this way instead. Is that like a conversation you guys have like early on with the companies or your potential yeah. clients? With our customers, absolutely. Uh, you know, we're always trying to inject kind of an in innovative thinking and a way to, you know, do things, you know, better, faster, cheaper, um, higher quality, you know, just deliver better value to our customers. So we're constantly, yeah, coming to the table and saying, I know you thought maybe this would be the best way, but maybe we could do more prefabrication. We could do more of this work offsite and bring it, you know, on site so we could expedite the schedule or we could limit the disruption to your, you know, um, to your campus or things like that. So yeah, we, we love to get up front uh, and work. That's why we work closely with Gafari is because we're trying to get involved very early on in the project while we're thinking through design so we can make changes there that would then um, allow us to build that much better. Yeah, I would even imagine COVID might've impacted, like, especially with campuses and colleges, like how they want to design stuff given the reality of like, are we going to have more virtual students or we're going to have this? You know, I imagine you got to be thinking about that too, is what's the best financial solution too for your clients. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's interesting too. When I talk to my friends at universities, how they're all struggling kind of with this. Um, but you've also got a couple other interesting things and I don't know, I didn't mention this to you in our pre-call, but like fly paper and all trade, <laughs> what are those? <laughs> Uh, so we have, you know, again, a, a very innovative company, a very innovative uh, CEO, always thinking, you know, thinking big. And Flypaper in particular is an interesting story. Uh, so a 
an engineer, a project engineer, one of our job sites, uh, started coding in the off hours to you know make uh, some of the work that he was doing easier. He was doing BIM coordination, coordinating it without getting into the details of that thing. Uh, is It's a terrible process. <laughs> it's just very time consuming, a lot of clicks on the computer. So he built a solution uh, to automate a lot of that work and came and said, hey, I, I think this is something. And um, our CEO, Ryan Maybach said, yeah, I think this is something. And so we formed a small company with him to, you know, to deliver that to the marketplace. It's called Flypaper Sherlock. And uh, it's used in like 17 countries by a number of, you know, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of companies. And, uh, and we continue to develop software with, with that small company. And then Alltrade is our sister company that's uh, based in, uh, in Canada that does a lot of solar work in particular. Um, yeah. And, and I know we talked a little bit about a lot of your sustainability you do, and I'm sure that's a field that's just going to keep growing forever. I imagine even internally with like the types of materials you even are using in buildings, right. And how Absolutely. it might be thermally more advantageous to say, ah, we should be combining it with this or something like that. Absolutely. Um, and flypaper, you own the intellectual property for then it sounds like now. Yes. Right? Yep. Oh, wow. That's great. That's great. And that was patented here in Michigan. It's good. Uh, yes. I don't know. You know what? I don't, Oh, we do that's have right. a patent for one of their products. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. But I mean, yeah. at least you have, you guys sort of came up with it and somehow got it to market. That's good. Yes. Absolutely. And then we should also mention your other unique building right on Grand River, downtown Detroit. Yeah. Why don't you explain that, what it is? So you're talking about the exchange building. Yes. And, uh, yes. It's awesome. It's uh that's lift build. So it's another one of our companies. Uh, that's that you know worked actually Gafari designed that one and uh, and we're building it. Uh, it is a fundamentally different way to build a high-rise building. So that ha that's a uh, multifamily building, condos and apartments, and you build the floors at at ground level, and then they are raised up into place. So you know the roof was built at ground level and then it's raised up. Uh, and then each subsequent floor after that is raised up and and uh, clicks into place. It looks really funny when you drive down there right now because there's these just you know whatever six or seven floors hanging out in space, and uh, that is a really big play. It's a, a big part of Bart Mallow's transformation play to really fundamentally change the industry and rethink how we do construction. So by doing things at the ground level, we get a lot of repeatability. Uh, which is something we don't get a lot in construction. And so we can learn and, and then, you know, expedite that um, the schedule on those. We can uh, make things much more safe. You think we don't have cranes and lifts, people, you know, putting facade on or, you know, the, the skin of the building, 16 stories in the air. So we're, we're saving, you know, there's a lot of safety um, benefits and quality benefits and the people that are doing the interior finishes, so from a schedule perspective, they can be working on the floors that have been lifted, putting in all the interior finishes while we're still building, you know, the floors below. So there's just a lot of efficiencies there as well. So just a, a lot of uh, a lot of great learnings that are coming out of that, and we hope to build many more. Yeah, someone you should drive by there if you're ever downtown. It looks very different right now, and I'm sure it'll look like a regular building eventually, but uh, for right now, it's unique. Um, you know, I wouldn't have thought this was as crazy, too, because not too long ago, they built a new bridge to cross, I think, I-94. I don't think it's your project, but they built it all on the ground 
And then they lifted it over the expressway, which yeah. I didn't think that was possible, but they did it. It's and, yeah. And, and so I, I you're absolutely right. Like a lot of these folks are now um really looking at construction very differently. And obviously the United States is a good place to do a lot of this stuff, test absolutely. beta tested at least. Absolutely. Um so anyway, we're down to the final question. So uh you I uh, got kids, right? I do. Three. Yeah. So three, that's a lot. And so um, what do you guys like to do? Like where's either your favorite spot in Michigan or what either event you like to take? You know, what do you like best about the state? Oh, it's hands down uh, Big Bear Lake up in Johannesburg, which that's I right feel by like my cabin. Is it really? Big Bear and Little Bear. Yeah. yeah. yeah we're I on Big both. Bear Lake. Yeah. We're on 8th Street, you know, right off of what is it? Meridian Line Road there. That yeah. is that is our favorite that is our favorite place. Absolutely. Yeah, that pizza's good there. That place oh, right there at yes. the corner in Vienna Corners. Yes, that's our yeah. that's our favorite. Yeah, yeah. No, and I know Joe Berg pretty well too. Um, but yeah, we're only like up in the Pigeon River Forest. So we're not oh, far wow. from you. And my yeah. buddy's on Big Bear Lake too. So that's just <laughs> beautiful area. There's a little state campground there too. It's nice. Yes. Yep. Yeah, good Small choice. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Michigan's a great state. Michigan um, is a great state. Yeah. And so uh, our our product podcast producer, Odie, is saying he's very familiar with all these places. He's <laughs> recommending pubs for us now. Paul's Pub. I've been there many times for fish. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so now we're just going to say I want to say our guest again. I appreciate you uh, taking time, Lindsay, to do all of this today again. But our guest was Lindsay Rem. She's Barton Mallow, Vice President of Business Transformation And you can see she's transforming a lot. Thanks again, Lindsay, for doing this today. You were great. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Thanks for doing it. Join us next week where our guest is Amy O'Leary. She's the executive director for SEMCOG, also known as Southeast Michigan Council of Governments, and the president of the Metropolitan Affairs Coalition, also known as MAC. The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org forward slash radio to put your plans in motion.